Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. I know you're looking and you're like, wait a second, guys. There's only two here. Yes, mm-hmm. it's the OG crew from Facts. many, many episodes. Darren's a little sick. We're wishing him a speedy recovery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be me and Jason rocking out today. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And mm-hmm. in three, two, one, we're going to answer the only question that matters in the world. The only question that anybody ever wants answered, especially during this basketball season, because it's been really crazy, is how are you going to get outside the finals? Yeah. You can't even get How can you hate from outside the finals when you can't even get in? And there we go. Facts. <laughs> facts. 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 Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Darren Darren has COVID right now, so um, it's it's uh, he's going to be getting healthy either next week or this the week after. I'm probably joining back to the podcast, but uh, for right now, hopefully he's getting better. And, uh, you know, some of his TikTok videos have uh, been going well and YouTube videos because people hate, love to hate on anything. Like anybody <laughs> that does, if you ever have put up anything on the Internet, you will quickly learn how to develop thick skin and not caring about what people say because it's just it's endless so um it's kind of the, funny at this point in time you know what i'm saying like the, the, I'm, I'm of the you know of the era where it was like haters are my motivators i definitely agree with that the haters are my motivators i wonder what the guy who was like when we first started tiktok who was putting mm-hmm. ill take on everything we posted i wonder how he's doing is, is did he get did his life getting better probably not he, he's just on the internet but you know hey <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It happens. He didn't uh, get no better by doing that. But hey, that's, that's true. That's true. Hopefully, you find the content that's a good fit for you. That's the <laughs> right. political answer to give to everybody. I hope that you find the Ray fit for you. <laughs> yeah, that means he's breaking. She's breaking up with you. I'm sorry to break yeah. it to you. <laughs> Hold on. Fuck that. I, don't do that. I hope you never <laughs> find the right content for you. How about that? <laughs> I want all the smoke. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious, Chris. I, that'd be hilarious. If, like, creators could just, like, each time something like that happens, go fuck yourself. Oh, right. <laughs> man, LeBron James is a top three player of all time. Go fuck yourself. Just, like, <laughs> period. Just I hope you never, ever find a great TV series. <laughs> I hope you never find happiness. I would just, re- let me just respond to everybody. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that'd be hilarious, Chris. Right. <clears throat> All right. So um, today, today it's about 40 games into the NBA season, about a halfway point right now. So we're going to give you guys the halfway point into the NBA season power rankings. And yes, that means if they're a top 10 team in the power rankings, which is what we're going to be ranking, we're going to be talking about them. So we're going to probably, the Nets are on this ranking. We're going to be talking about how great they've been playing. Giannis dropped 55. The Bucks are on this ranking. We're going to be talking about that. Donovan Mitchell, 71-point game. The Cavs are on this ranking. So we're going to go over the Cavs. We'll be talking about D-Mitch. We'll be talking about how good Joe Embiid looks like on the 76ers, because they're on this list too. So, um, actually, they just barely missed, but it's okay. Uh, but but, you know, the big news in basketball are all going to be covered by these 10 teams, too. So, you know, the big things that you guys want to hear us talk about are going to come up anyway, naturally, in the conversation. So it's going to be a fun. Yeah. All right, Chris. You ready? Let's rock it. All right. So this is my power rankings list. If you disagree at any point in time, Chris, 
go. Let it fly. I want. Let, if you want to be like Jason, you fucked up on this. Okay, cool. Let's yeah. hear why. All right, I got you. All right, all right. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, Jason, you're I- wrong, and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm gonna pull right. a Stephen A. <laughs> and start using big words. I don't know how to spell. Oops. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, actually, I think it's better that we go to one to ten today. I just thought yeah. about it. So let's go. We're gonna start for number one, number one team in the NBA. In our opinion, my wait, my bad. My opinion is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks is number one for me. Um, Giannis dropping fifty five. I mean, it's just amazing what he's able to do attacking the basket. I think he's the best player in the world right now. I I think it's clearly him, the way he impacts the game on passing, the way he's a great defender, the way he's able to guard multiple positions, attack the basket. It's Giannis. We all know how great Giannis is. Um, but secondly, I think people are underestimating the pieces of this team that makes me love them so much. And those pieces of this team is great shooting. right? They've always had great shooting, but they have a few more little pieces that I really love. A guy that most people don't know about, Javon Carter. Two or one years ago on this podcast, we were talking about trades or free agents that could go to LeBron James. And I was like, this guy that's averaging six points per game for the Phoenix Suns named Javon Carter would be a great fit with LeBron. You know why? He was a point guard that won Defensive Player of the Year in college playing for West Virginia when they play the press, full court press, like he's a steel guy, mm-hmm. right? And he shoots 40% for the three-point line, but he just can't do anything else. Okay, he's their Bucks like first guard off the bench. He's a perfect fit with Giannis, right? So yeah. now it's not just Drew Holiday that you got to worry about at the guard position guarding your guards. Like if they face Golden State, okay, he comes off the bench, he's guarding Jordan Poole or Steph. Uh, yeah, that's a great piece defensively. So he's mm-hmm. very underrated. He doesn't have the length of guard or two guard like that, but definitely point guards. He That's another extra layer that they've added. And I love, 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 and you have to give Budenholzer credit for this. I love the fact that they are no longer only sticking to drop coverage. Okay, it is impressive how much they've changed their defensive scheme. Drop coverage, the Achilles heel was guards that could expose centers being close to the rim. Shot creators from the three-point line. It's always been the weakness of that kind of defense, and it was always going to be the weakness for the Bucks. They don't just stick to that anymore. They're way more flexible now. They, they'll sometimes have... Brooke Lopez showing. And that completely, at least that gives now that when they face a team like the Warriors, now they face a team like the Hawks, guys with great guards, now they can at least show a little bit. And it's not such an extreme negative. And also, on top of that, they're also running more off-ball screens for their guys like Grayson Allen, their guys like Pat Connaughton. They didn't used to do that where they're running off off-ball screens and coming off for three-point shots. So it's another wrinkle. So they have three new wrinkles that they didn't have last year. So that means they have improved their team in three small different ways. And it's extremely impressive to me. And, you know, what I, I'm i so impressed by this Bucks team, and that's why I think when healthy... They're the best team in the NBA. So what do you think, Chris? If Darren was here, he would be going off. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Because he thinks the Celtics are the best team, and that's just his opinion. I, you know, I'm not going to knock him for that, but uh, I'm with Too you on the Milwaukee right Bucks. I'm with you on the Milwaukee okay. Bucks. I feel that like they have um, really shown this season that they are like leaps and bounds better than the league, especially with the, the having the best player in the world, Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. on their team. And then just the pieces that they were yeah. able to put around them, you know what I mean? Just the um, <clears throat> the system that they were able to build there. It's, it's a similar system to, yeah. to the LeBron system, this LeBron winning system, and they really were able to maximize that with Giannis. So I can see them going far. Mm. I mean, like at this point, I think like the only problem that they will have it's only two teams that'll give them a problem in the East, right? One Brooklyn, two Celtics. Hey, Brooklyn is playing the conversation. Way better. Way, way, way. We'll talk about them soon. Wow. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Impressive. Uh, yeah, I agree, man. Milwaukee number one. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and go to the number two team. It's not the Brooklyn Nets yet, even though how great that transition would be if it was the Brooklyn (laughs) Nets. So they're uh, 
not that far much down. Number two, though, is the Boston Celtics. And now, if Chris wants to disagree, if he thinks the Nets or something like that's better, that's cool. But my number two is the Boston Celtics because, I mean, we still haven't seen them with Robert Williams. I First things first, I think Jason Tatum, to the non-big name, to the non-fan, to the, I mean, how, how do I want to put this? Some NBA fans are glued to big names that have been around the NBA for a while. So they yeah. will probably think that either Kevin Durant or LeBron James is the best small forward in the NBA. No. Jason Tatum's the best small forward in the NBA. He is top three, top five best small forward defender in the NBA, and he's a 30-point-per-game scorer, and he's doing it on one of the best teams in the NBA, and he's also a much better passer than he used to be. Um, so, you know, that's a, just a little update. And also, Jalen Brown. I feel like Jalen Brown doesn't have good enough credit for what he's doing. He's averaging like 27, 28 points per game. Wow. Yeah, 20, 26. Um, yeah, it's so impressive. And secondly, he's a world-class defender too. And, you know, you can make the argument that he might be the second-best two-guard in the league over Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker is the number one option in his offense, and he's averaging more points per game. And, you know, then Devin Booker. So that's really impressive. What he brings defensively is impressive. And I feel like the Boston Celtics this year have more talent than they did last year. A lot more shooting. They have more defensive presence. I mean, you add Malcolm Brogdon, it makes sense for you to have more talent. Um, the coach isn't as good as Emil Odoka. But defensively, he's good enough, right? He he yeah. seems like he really picked up Ime Doko's defensive principles, so they're still playing good defense. And even though I don't think the ball movement was quite as good as it was last year with Ime, I think the stars are closing that gap. And the stars yeah. are Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're, they well, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown might both be superstars. Like, they are a 2-3 combo that we haven't seen in a very long time at this high level in the league. We talked about this a few podcasts ago where we compared them to people in years past, and it's really impressive. Um, So those two are just caring, and they have enough passing as a team to really... believe in the passing that I believe in what leads to the winning. So they meet that check mark because they have team passing and they have a lot of guards that are pretty good passers. So I the Boston Celtics play great team defense. You know, their only weakness is size when you're playing against Giannis, but Giannis presents that problem for everybody. So um, I'm going Boston too, and they're a heck of a team. What do you think, Chris? I can see Boston number two. I don't, I don't mind that one. As long okay. as Brooklyn isn't too much far down, then I'll start disagreeing. Um, okay. Cause, but like, yeah, I, I like Boston. I like, I like the, the what they bring to the table. I think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have really improved defensively under the yes. tutelage of uh, Ima, Ima Udoka. And Joe Mazzulla mm-hmm. isn't that bad either, you know, as far as defensively. No, I think yeah. that the biggest glaring weakness that they have is that they kind of break down. And I'll, I'll get I'll get to, I mean, like, every team breaks down, but I'll get to a point in exactly. Um, yeah, what do you mean? Okay, see, game. Okay. A- after a bunch of turnovers, they kind of was like out of the game, you know, like it really uh-huh. kind of br- they, like I feel like one thing they need to work on a lot and even, you know, it's just mental toughness at this point. I mean, like you can't let the game get away from you. You mm-hmm. know, I think the high scores that game was Josh Giddy had 25 and I think wow. um, Jalen Brown had like 26, 27. Which, it, you know, that's really good. But, you know, you expect, like, Jason Tatum to really, like, come alive in those type of games. But I think that, I think they were just, they just have a, a, a weakness of mental toughness. That's what I would say. I would say that when the when the game gets kind of tough and it's not going their way right away, they, like, kind of mm-hmm. fall by the wayside. I think Marcus Smart got ejected that game. That's just, like, the, you know, I know they, they played the Dallas Mavericks, but I just want to point to that specific game because that was a game that they lost. You know, I'm just, like, okay. and, I, and I was watching that game and going, like, Something's not exactly right here. They don't look like the normal Celtics that I'm used to seeing, especially once mm-hmm. the second quarter went over and they had like so many turnovers that game during the second half. And I mean, not the second quarter, the second half. And then the game just got away from them. I think they were, I think they were losing about like, they were, they got blown out, you know, in like the second half. Mm-hmm. And then I, and OKC dropped 150 points on them. Like crazy. 
Yeah, I feel like that's a good point, and I could see like the reason why that probably happens because they don't have a lot of veterans, right? The yeah. only guy that's probably over the age of thirty that gets any minutes is Al Horford. Everybody else is like twenty six, twenty seven, and under. So I can understand that like the mental toughness side is maybe a weakness for them. You know, they do maybe when they're under pressure, they do have some issues. So that, I could see that being a weakness. It'd be hilarious if we said that right in front of Darren. But uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Boston Celtics <laughs> are so weak and so terrible. <laughs> We're just getting away Larry with this right now because he's not on. He's not. He's not. He's not here. We're getting away uh, with this, but when he hears it, he's gonna be mad. <laughs> oh, next podcast, you'll hear him coming in hot. Boston <laughs> right. is the best team in the league. Hey, <laughs> I should have. Oh, I should have disagreed. <laughs> should have. Nope, Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a great transition because my next team is the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm excited to talk about this team as much as you were. Yeah. The third ranked team, they're really moving up. And I, we talked about so long Steve Nash being this such a negative influence, and I swear he's the worst coach in the NBA. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They won what sixteen out of eighteen. I think he might have been the worst coach in the NBA. Okay. Yeah. Um. Jock Vaughn, I'm not going to come out here and say he's like the best coach in the NBA, but I uh, average, but above average, maybe like in the 12 to 18 range. But that's all you need when you have all this talent, right? Just a, just a guy that knows basketball, right? He knows basketball. He can get by. Mm. And secondly, Ben Simmons is improving. He's starting to slowly come back into the Philadelphia 76ers form, which is great to see for him and the great to see for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, they have more of a defensive presence. They play to their strengths more. I really like that about them because they used to be like, okay, we're going to play everybody else in kind of traditional styles. But now they play a style of defense that is based on switching and quickness and good feet. And based on like, okay, we have guys that could switch. And the reason why is Claxton, right? Claxton yeah. gets a lot, a lot of hate for not being as girthy as like people on ESPN want him to be right inside. But I always thought that he would have like hidden talent for how well he moves, right? Mm -hmm. People just like, for some reason, weren't seeing it like I was. And I feel like their defense is really taking advantage of the fact, okay, we have KD who's 6'10". We got this Claxton guy who's 6'11". And we have Ben Simmons who's 6'10". All of them can switch. All of them are lengthy. Now we can actually lean into a strength defensively. So now they have a strong defense. I really like the fact that it's not just Super KD and Kyrie. You guys just stand in the corner. Everybody else is going to be on the other side. We can play ISO ball, right? They're gifted enough to play ISO ball. Sure, you can do that at the end of the game. But that all the way through the game, it just doesn't lead to winning. Yeah. And, you know, a lot more off-ball movement for their shooters because they have a gazillion of them. They have a good Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Yuda Wanabani. Uh, that's a tough name. Uh, you know, Patty Mills, you know, uh, Seth Curry. Like, they got a ton of these guys, right? And they're utilizing. Jock Vaughn yeah. is at least playing to the team's strengths, and I'm loving it. Loving it. And, uh, you know, this is the comeback team. This is a turnaround team. And for a while here, we were saying this is the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks championship. Everything yep. comes down to them. They're the best two teams. Nobody's going to touch them. The Brooklyn Nets are in this group. They yep. are in that group, in my opinion. They really are. Uh, they also have a good two-guard that they traded from Utah, Royce O'Neal. Really good defender, 6'6", six, six, length, shoots the three really, really well. Like, it's impressive. It is impressive, and I'm glad to see it. You know what I mean? Katie and Kyrie, they're actually playing good basketball. The best three teams in the league right now are in the East. So, uh, Chris, what do you think about the Nets? Totally agree with that. Okay. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are right now, you know, even though I've been hating on them a little bit, kind of like looking like my favorite team right now in the oh, East. Oh, wow. Inside, That's a behind like the team. Okay. Behind like the Cavs. Um, it's because they this just, they've just they been playing moment. really great. They've been playing really, really great. I said it before. I said uh -huh. not my favorite, but I said that they were doing great. They okay. won like ten or eleven straight, like something ridiculous yeah. like that. Like they finally got to the swing mm -hmm. of things. It feels like they're finally responding to the coach. You know what I mean? And they're yes. playing just great, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal mm -hmm. team right now. Um Steve Nash was the problem. Um living and dying on that hill. And <laughs> I believe Jason is too as well. Yeah. And we will be right. Also, um, uh -huh. 
the Brooklyn Nets. Like, finally, this is the team. Like, yeah. I'm just kind of excited because I'm like, we've all, like, I feel like as an NBA community, right? Yes. Avid watchers, casual watchers, whatever you want to say. We've all been waiting for the coming out party True. of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Right? Like, I feel like we got a taste of it a little bit, like, during yeah. the first year with Steve Nash, and they were, mm-hmm. like, winning, and then Kyrie got hurt, and James Harden got hurt, and then yeah. James Harden left, Kyrie was doing his COVID thing, and then other mm-hmm. things, and I feel like we're finally back to basketball in Brooklyn. Yeah. And yeah, it's right. great. <laughs> and it's yeah. great now. I feel yeah, like everything true. is gone, like, all the stormy clouds are gone, mm-hmm. nobody's <laughs> making comments anymore, things that make people upset. We're just all just... In a place of basketball right now. We're yeah. into the swing of things. Coaching is good right now. Players mm-hmm. are playing great right now. We finally are having the coming out party of the Brooklyn Nets that we always wanted. And I think yes. that under this coach, we could see a Brooklyn title. Now live and die on that hill. I, they're definitely in the conversation. They Saying they can win a championship is not crazy at all. Yeah. And also, this is crazy that... You know, it may not stay this way for the whole season, but the top three teams right now are all in one conference. That's, that's, yeah. just, that's just wild. We haven't seen something like that where it's been so unbalanced in a while. But, um, yeah. You have anything else before for a transition, Chris? No, go ahead, man. All right. This is going to be a take that people will be like, what? They're here? And I could understand it. But, you know, I'm going a complete 180. Number four. For me, is the Golden State Warriors. Oh my goodness, Jason is choosing somebody that's barely over 500. Well, here's the reasons why. So, I used to be saying, hey, man, Clay Thompson doesn't really look the same. He's shooting like 39% from the field, 40% from the field, you know doing well from the three-point line, but not really being able to shot create for himself. Like, they're not really the same. I really think Jordan Poole should be the two-guard, and I think that they should just lean into their offense. Well, I was wrong. Uh, the league should be shaking in their boots because I watched... Mm-hmm. I have seen Clay Thompson multiple games coming back to his old form, and especially the 55-point game where he is doing the things that we saw him do two to three years ago pre-injury in Toronto, where it is where he's getting to the basket, where he is getting inside the lane and going turnaround fadeaways, where he is doing so much more than just coming off ball screens. Okay, if we're getting to that pre-Toronto Raptors injury, Clay Thompson back offensively, uh, yeah, all... All boosters, all jump on the Gold State Warriors bandwagon train because this is for the real. team for the West. Yeah, they're gonna bring it defensively still because they still got a lot of defensive talent. I still think Draymond Green isn't the same, but we've also seen James Wiseman have like a twenty-five point game where he shows you so much more skill than you're used to seeing. And Jordan Poole has gotten the ball a lot more and he's gotten back into his groove. So they are firing on all cylinders because they have to live without Steph for so long. This Steph Curry injury might have been a blessing in disguise because he forced everybody else to do more than what they're used to. So when Steph comes back, they have the confidence. Think about Clay is a confidence player. Right now, he has the confidence back. And I'm amazed. I'm amazed. It's a complete 180 of Clay Thompson. And this last 40 games... Oh, this is going to be the story. Golden State is back. Okay. Ja Morant. Ja Morant. I, you, when you go out, this is a lesson to yourself and all of you kids at home. When you say something controversial in public that you are betting on somebody else in the future, you always knock on wood. Okay. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Knock on wood. He didn't mm-hmm. knock on wood. He said, I fear nothing in the West. Uh-huh. Yeah, tell that to Gold State Warriors with Clay Thompson, who's back at full full throttle, okay? Yeah, you're going to get slapped. It's I hope they play each other in the playoffs. I swear. The Golden State Warriors will win 30 of the next 40, 41 games. They will win the 30 of them. They're going to look like a just a cutting board in the west they are back they are back i am so impressed clay thompson because 
it was all about, man, Clay Thompson's not doing what he's supposed to. Offensively, the formula's off because they just can't score as much. Clay is freaking back. And everybody in the NBA should be on notice. Okay, this is not a fluke. This is not, oh, he's just going to go back to what he was without Steph. This is not some inflated stats. This is him looking like what he used to look like. And everybody should be scared. Okay, Clay is back. And the Golden State Warriors, this is their West still. Wow. All right, Clay. All um, right, Chris. That's, that's very interesting that you say that. Because I was, I mean, a lot, okay. So I guess that this was like the week of individual performances, right? Um, yes, for sure. Clay having fifty four. You know there were some big games from D. Mitch. You know seventy one. Yeah. But the one recurring theme, right, that I will stick to is that they were all down a player, a star player at that. You know, mm-hmm. D. Mitch, no Darius Garland, no Evan Mobley, Clay, no no Curry because Curry's still injured. So it's yeah. kind of like you have to. I, me personally, I know I may get some pay for this, but I look at these games very objectively because I'm like, yeah. this is what they look like. You know what I mean? It's okay, at least for Clay's game. I'm like, this is what he looks like when he doesn't play with Curry, right? And, and I feel like in those situations, the play, the second best player, third best player, whoever's on the floor at that time, I feel they have to step up to a certain extent to really show that, hey, listen, it's not him carrying me, it's us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, I can do it too. I'm still relevant. So I would say I would look, I would really, I'm not going to take any of the points for, for, a, for a grain of salt or anything like that. I watched the game. I was like, he's scoring, he's assisting. He looks more like old Clay. I'll definitely give you that without a doubt. But mm-hmm. I want to see what he looks like the next game. You know what I mean? When, you know, maybe, you know, it's a little bit cooled down a little bit. And when Curry comes back, I want to see what he looks like then. Because okay. we've seen him drop 60 next to Curry. That's in three true. quarters, that's happened. Yeah. I've seen, we've seen it. But I feel like this week is kind of like everybody's the energy in the in the in the NBA right now is individual performances. You know, like he's sure. like, okay, I don't have this guy next to me. I must step up. So if he could mm-hmm. do, if he could do something, not fifty. You don't have to drop fifty four every night for me to be like, okay, I'm a believer. If he mm-hmm. could do something similar, twenty to 25, 25, 30, yeah. Let's say that because there's nobody else there besides Jordan Poole. <laughs> for real, be honest. Yeah. Because Wig is not back yet, I don't think. I don't think he's no. back yet. Yeah, I think yeah, during so this stretch without Steph, he's averaging 28. He's averaging 28? Yeah. I would say just give me one more game. One okay. more game. One All more right. solid game, and then I'll be a believer. But right so, now, I'm just I'm very like looking at things a lot differently. Now, I mean, once we get to the Cavs, I'll explain about Donovan Mitchell's 71 point and how I look at that. Because I don't look at those two games the same. Because it's just a little bit different. But go ahead. Oh, okay, no, this is perfect. Because the Cleveland Cavaliers are my next team on the list. They're number five for me on my uh, power rankings. And um, for me, the Cleveland Cavaliers are, you know, a great defensive team. I really feel like we have been early on this. Donovan Mitchell is a very good defender now. I feel like the casual fan still hasn't really caught on to that. But once they do, they'll realize why this team is so good. Um, And... I just really love their paint presence. I love their length inside. I don't see anything new that's like, wow, this is amazing from what we've seen. Mm. It's the same thing where Donovan Mitchell's great at shot creating. They have Darius Garland with him. That leads to a lot of good passing as a team, which I really believe in at least the winning. They have a good formula to stop teams that want to attack the basket when you have two seven-footers that are so gifted next to each other. I would want to see a little bit more of development from Evan Mobley. He needs to kind of try to be the fourth option on the team or the third option. Um, you know, Karis LeVert is so one game he's averaging dropping 25, the next he's dropping eight. It's anywhere in the middle for him. Um, he's a flame. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 22 gets the Nuggets. And, uh, you know, they have. <laughs> that's true. And, uh, you know, they have a pretty decent bench that could be better in some, some ways. I think it's their weakness as a team, but this team's very good. It's a very good team. So I have Cleveland 5, and uh, that's what I think about Cleveland. Uh, so what do you think about Cleveland and, you know, obviously down to Mitchell's 71-point game? I like Cleveland a lot. You know, everybody knows this. I, I believe wine and gold. It's a home team, so, hey. like, I love Cleveland. Facts. You know, I, I, I see... You know, in the East, I feel like they'll, you know, take, they'll be, they'll, they'll go into the playoffs as the fourth seed, in my opinion. 
Um, and then if, mm-hmm. in the right matchups, they can win a couple games. I don't really see them. It's not the year for the championship run. I'm going to be honest, no. it's not. But it's coming soon. Um, True. With that being said, let's talk about the 71-point game, right? Yes. The big game. 71 points, right? So the reason why I see Donovan Mitchell's game very differently from Clay Thompson's 54, right, is because that I feel like this was his... coming out moment right I could see that this was this was his this is my team <laughs> yeah. i you know you can't really like this is my team and that as long as you have me there are levels you can reach that you will not be able to reach without me because yeah. literally what i seen was 71 points in a win without evan mobley and Darius garland ricky rubio still hurt he's coming back soon but ricky rubio is being hurt so that's without the that's you know that's the, neither here nor there right and yeah. I've also seen Darius Garland the next game not be able to pull out a win, and this he, he was our guy for a little bit. Not not even dissing mm-hmm. Darius Garland, but I'm just saying, like in the scheme of things, when Donovan Mitchell's out, Darius Garland is, is you know can perform to a level. When yeah, when true. Garland is out, Donovan Mitchell exceeds that level. This was his <laughs> coming out party and saying like, "Hey, this is my team. I'm the guy. Yeah. This is me. This is all me." And that's yeah. why I look at the team, the, 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 the games differently comparatively it's because we've seen clay do that before mm-hmm. you know what i mean and this was kind of, i mean i'm not saying this was expected because we were looking at him like okay he's hurt we don't know what he's going to get what we're going to get that's what i'm saying like, give me one more game of that right yeah but with d mitch i'm like this was special it happened yeah. in cleveland it was when you were down your two and your two and three you're and you really proved that you are the number one that there is no winning without you mm-hmm yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. And I, I really feel like he. It was a great game. Seventy-one points is insane. Yeah, um, it was like seventy-one points. Like, something else. Yeah, I feel like he is a little underrated right now. When we talk about great players, I think he's by far the best two guard in the league. Yes, by far, especially now that he's playing defense. And secondly, I was thinking about this the other day: Is Donovan Mitchell better than Jalen Brown? That's a good question. I, I don't. I want to say like yes. Is. I want to say yes. Okay. But uh, why, do you, yes why do you think it is? Why do you think he is? Uh, oh, because he's a better passer. He's a much better scorer. And defensively, Jalen Brown's better, but Donovan Mitchell's still a good defender, so I'd rather have him. Okay, who's better, him or Kyrie? Right now. Who's better? Donovan Mitchell I, or Kyrie? I, I, there's a point to these questions. Trust me, I'll get there. I, I get it, but I'm like, I would still want to say Kyrie, honestly. But okay, that's your that's your opinion. Cool. I would yeah. take Donovan Mitchell for the pass, better passer, better defender. I think he's a better scorer too. I just Don Kyrie's. Uh, you're D wrong. Mitch- here's why. <laughs> but go Let's ahead. Hear it. Okay, okay. I was about to say because Kyrie's by far the better, the best score, one of the best scorers in in the league. So I mean, like, I, I, I don't think that the I don't think that the paperwork <laughs> that Kyrie leaves of like his scoring, you know, is really equal to Donovan Mitchell right now. I feel like they're okay. not on the same level scoring wise. I would say close, but okay, we can close, but not there yet. <laughs> okay, better passer, better defender. That's why I think he's better than Kyrie. But yeah, is he better fair. than Trey Young? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, so he's the best guard in the West, in my opinion. In the East. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
in the East. Yeah. That's how crazy good he is because people, I, I understand, you you may disagree, which is cool, but he's averaging like, what, 29-6 and being a good defender right now? Like, nobody's even averaging more than 28 at the guard position in the, in the East right now. Like, he is, his ability to attack the rim, shock rate from the three-point line, and be efficient, and his passing, he's a great passer. He's one of the best two-guard passers in the league. And in, in what he does defensively is so impressive too. I think he's a top ten player in the NBA. I think I eight to ten. So. I'd say eight to ten is where Donovan Mitchell is. I feel like he is stamping himself as an all time. This is him stepping into the light of becoming an all time great two guard. I'm not saying he's top five already. No, no. I'm just saying he's entering the conversation. Top twenty. You know what I mean? Debates. Like yeah. Donovan Mitchell was walking into being the best two guard in the league, and he's special. His athletic gifts, he's so strong. He's shot great from the three. He has no weaknesses. None. Yeah. Now that he plays defense. That's very true. I would say, if you wanted to just talk about just, you know, this year being the top two guard in the East, I would give that to you. You know? Okay. I was saying over, that's why I said, like, the paperwork. Then I was talking about Kyrie. But, like, I'll, uh-huh. I'll give you the top two guard as of right now in the East. Yeah. I'll definitely give you that. So I don't disagree <laughs> with that okay. at all. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I do. Okay. Sounds cool. All right. You ready to kick it to the next team? Let's go. All right. The next team on the list, number six, is the Memphis Grizzlies, who are. Uh... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold <laughs> okay. On. Okay. You, you, Wait I'll a explain. Men here. <laughs> I'll explain why I have the Grizzlies six, and then you can disagree. I'm looking forward to this. So number six, I have them there. Uh, a lot of injuries this year. It's really I don't think the record accurately displays how good of a team they are. Obviously, Jaw brings it every night. He's able to attack the basket. You know, he does what yeah. Jaw does. He's gifted athletically and good yeah. passers. Well, underrated basketball IQ guy on offense offensively. You know, what's his name? The two guard, small muscular. No, that's he's a three right now. Oh, is it three? Uh, Desmond Bain. Uh, yes. No, I'm Desmond wrong Bain again. Has, okay. No, Desmond Bain's right. Yeah, he's a good shoot, three point shooter. Can shot great a little bit for himself. Um, he's around twenty points per game. Dylan Brooks brings it defensively. He's a good mid range guy. Jaron Jackson is still a really great defender. The one thing is, I don't really think they improved. At all from last year, I feel like they're the same team. I don't see anybody when I watch them play. I'm like, that guy is better at X, Y, Z than what he was last year. I feel like everybody's just kind of like there. Uh, yeah. But you know, there for them last year was like a two, three seed in the West. So you know, it's it's pretty solid. I think they're a very good team in the West, and um, I, I think they're six on my rankings. But uh, Chris probably disagrees, and, and I'm happy to hear it. Let's see it, Chris. I mean, I like Memphis, right? I do. And, you right. s- and like, if I was to move Memphis up, I was like, I'm thinking, like, who would I take them off? But that's just me being biased at that point because, truthfully, they are, like, the number six team in the league, though. Maybe, possibly. You know, I could see why you would go that way. But then it's just, like, just bias aside, right? I, I you know, I really do like the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I, I can agree with you. I don't really think that they really truly improved at anything per se. I think that they're really just like a two three seed um, in the, in the West, and then they're just gonna like they're gonna run into Golden State again, and then that's gonna be a problem for them. Um, yeah, because they don't they still don't have really like done. Any, they really haven't really reached that level where they can beat that caliber of a team yet. Yeah. You were about to say something? Yeah, yeah they ahead. have a few guys over there, like Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. Though, if you said two years ago or one year ago, you'd be like, man, this guy has all-star potential. Like, all three of them flashed it. Like, Dylan Brooks, the first time the Memphis Grizzlies made the playoffs, I remember watching the playoffs and being like, wow, Dylan Brooks is averaging around 25, 26. He's doing yeah. a lot. He was he really stepped up in those playoffs. It's like, man, if if this is like a CJ McCollum, Dame Lillard thing where CJ McCollum's like a boulder to line all star and Dylan Brooks can be.
be that guy. Wow. Watch out. Dylan Brooks has kind of never really replicated that ever. You know, Jaron Jackson's got a lot of talent. He's six foot eleven, moves really well. He can shoot a three. He has mid range game. He can post, but he's not super dominant at anything. But he's so gifted athletically that it's like, okay, Jaron Jackson, we see what you could be. When are you gonna be what we think you could be? Right? Yeah. So I I feel like it's kind of an, an odd plateau. I, it's hard to describe, but I feel like that's kind of it's really weird. Really weird. Yeah, I, I I think that you know once they kind of get around the fact that it's not really about. I mean, it, the regular season does matter, right? But it's not mm-hmm. really about the regular season; it's about how you perform in the playoffs because yes. the teams turn the teams that are really like who've been there before mm-hmm. know that there's a second, third gear that you reach when you hit the playoffs that yeah. really turn them into playing harder. You know, you know, championship caliber teams, and I feel like once they kind of like get that through their head that is like you I mean you going on the um you know on the podcast or the interview was saying like hey I'm not worried about any team in the west but then not really knowing what you will have to go through I mean mm-hmm. I mean know what you have to go through in the west but not really understanding that there's levels you yeah. know what I mean I feel like I feel like they I feel like they're still pretty uh, they're still a pretty young team you know what I mean I feel like yeah. they you know give them a couple more years I feel like they'll probably like eventually like It'll set th- set in their head like it's not about the regular season. They'll break mm-hmm. out of the Houston Rockets kind of mode where you're like you're doing well in the regular season and then you lose in the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they'll finally break that mold. Um, yeah. I feel as of right now they're just kind of just inexperiencing young. Yeah, I, I could see that for sure. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> All right, you ready to transition to the next team? Let's go. All right, from one young team to another young team, and these guys were the number one and number two picks in their their same draft class. This is the New Orleans Pelicans, and this is Zion Williamson time. Sadly, he's hurt right now, but you know Zion Williams is stepping into superstardom. His ability to attack the basket, he's really bringing it every night. He rebounds so well. Um, you know, he's special. Uh, Brandon Ingram, really great scorer. He's, he's a pretty solid passer. CJ McCombs, a really solid scorer. They have a lot of team length, a lot of good defense on their team. And, you know, the only weakness for me personally is passing. I really worry about passing for them. They CJ McCombs is not a point guard, you know what I mean? And passing as a team, I'm really worried that they're not going to really be able to reach. Because when you get in the playoffs, the reason why passing is important you get in the playoffs, people scout you so much more. So then they're going to take away your star's greatest ability. So then it's going to be so much harder for you guys to create. And that's about how well can you pass, how well you can move, how well can you create easy shots through passing. And I just don't think that they have that. And they also don't have a basketball mind on the floor to duel a guy like Draymond Green, Chris Paul, John Morant offensively. John Morant's got high basketball IQ offensively. You know what I mean? Like a guy, be able to duel these guys and then really go to chess. They don't have anybody who plays chess. They have people that play checkers. Like it's it's nothing over there. So, um, you know, the Pelicans are a young team. They can keep on growing. I I'm, They're, they're going to be good in the regular season, but I do think they have a ceiling in the playoffs. So what do you think, Chris? I, 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 I can see that as well. I feel like they're, like you said, another young te- from one young team to another young team. I think that they're yeah. just a little bit too young right now, but mm-hmm. they're really showing us what they're capable of, especially, you know, the TJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson combination is definitely working very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the basketball IQ, I would say, because this is all just, you know, a, a reaction to what you said, um, I think that the closest that they're going to get to that and maybe they can work on it and then develop his mind a little bit more would be Jose Alvarado. I think that defensively he has a mind that could possibly develop and be that high basketball IQ guy without them having a trade. I feel like they just need to develop that a bit more because mm, he's he, like he already has some of the intangibles of that of that of that, of that caliber of player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just needs to need to be developed a little bit more. I would say this will not be their year. They could probably mm-hmm. sneak in, but this won't be their year to go crazy. I feel like mm-hmm. this is a, this will be a good year to applaud them for, for for like what they'll be able to accomplish. Even if they yes. sneak into the playoffs, that's still a good year for them. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're just not there yet. And mm-hmm. once they get there, because when Zion's on the floor, he's unstoppable. That man is yes. he, he's not taller than Giannis, but he is cannot <laughs> be stopped. True. 
and then you just put the right pieces around them, which they started to do. And mm-hmm. once you can create that, I mean, once you can develop Jose Alvarado, or maybe even get a veteran in there who understands some things to teach mm-hmm. Alvarado, you know, how to better see the floor a little bit better, then he, that he will become that player for them. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who I think could become that player for them too is uh, Dyson Daniels. He was a lottery pick, and he's a really great passer. People compared him to Josh Giddy coming out of the draft. Uh, he can't shoot to save his life, so that's why he's not getting many minutes on the NBA floor right now. But he has potential in the future. He's a lottery pick. So, uh, so uh, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say before we transition to the next team? Let's go. All right, the next team, the number eight team on this ranking is the Phoenix Suns. They moved down. Wow. Uh, you know, is they have what it takes to be the second best team in the West. They have what it takes yes. to make it to the Western Conference Finals this year. It is mm-hmm. just the DeAndre Ayton something internally is just eating away at this team's ability to bring out what their best version of themselves is. Yes. So it's it's probably going to be needing to trade DeAndre Ayton, which is fine. He he's he's an eighteen and ten guy. He's young. He's has a pretty you know sizable contract. So trading him for a guy who's older, who's their team might view it as a bad contract, is going to be nice for you guys. Um. Yeah, they just need to make a trade, and then they'll they'll be better. Um, but like, if let's say DeAndre Ayton's issues weren't on the floor, and we I had to re rank these, they would be five. Like, I I really feel like this is such a veteran team. They really understand how to win. They're so well balanced. Monty Williams is a world class coach, top five coach in the NBA. So you know, they there's a Phoenix Suns that they can be. They just need to move some places around. We'll see what they are after that. Yeah. yeah what do you think? I definitely agree with that. I think I said it last time was that there's some kind of internal issues that's going on that's really holding them back. Yes. And I can definitely see them like at some point moving DeAndre Ayton because that's like I mean like I don't want to be like yeah this guy is definitely the problem but like from what I'm seeing he's like <laughs> definitely like the it. problem it's like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like I don't want to be that guy but I have to be that guy it's just it's the eye test he's the problem yeah anyway yeah with that all aside I do think that they have the capabilities of being a good team in the west I just yes. think that we seen a version of them that was like, how do I put it? That wasn't the real team, right? I feel that going through that year where they got really close to a championship, I just uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm really feeling the window was actually closed, but we're holding it up open for them for some reason. But I just feel that they're just not there yet. <laughs> I feel like they were, they're kind of there, but they're yeah. not quite there. I feel like, you know, they just kind of got lucky a little bit, and then like we're showing some good stuff, and we're like, yeah, they have they have a chance, yeah. underdog, you know. And then like they come back in the next season and show a little bit more of the same, but then they start to kind of deteriorate internally. Mm-hmm. So I feel like once they can, you know, move some of the toxicity out, right, and kind of yeah. rebuild. I mean, build their team a little bit better, so like they can kind of replace that and add some good pieces. You know, maybe some you know some good role players. I think that they can really reach that level, but I feel like they're like on the outside peeking through the window right now far as like the high level teams. Yeah. They're like right there. Yeah, I agree. I uh I think that you know, I agree with you completely on the fact that when they made it to the NBA championship, they weren't a high caliber NBA championship team. And where yeah. we we did talk about the window closing and it probably did close at that point in time because the Golden State Warriors were coming back and actual NBA championship level teams were in the conference. Um, so I, I feel like that's a really good point, Chris. And they've been kind of holding on to this team. But I feel like one trade immediately that fixes these issues and improves them as a team that I feel like is a seamless fit that I think you can get is DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan... They, the Bulls want to blow it up. You give them a young yeah. asset of DeAndre Ayton, 
They want to rebuild. Okay, perfect. We'll take Aiden. They'll really like Aiden because he's young and he's 18 and 10. Like, he's a perfect fit for what they want to be going for future-wise. Mm-hmm. And you put DeMar DeRozan next to Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Like, that's a, that's a huge jump in scoring. And they also have Mikhail Bridges to be, like, that great defensive wing as well paired with them. I really feel like... That's the kind of trade. Even you trade, let's say, Jay Crowder and DeAndre and, and somebody on your bench is getting overpaid for maybe Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan. Like, there's a lot of things you could do to really improve that team. That DeAndre, yeah, with DeAndre getting traded, there's possibilities there from them growing a lot. So uh, that's the way I think. I think they have a chance to become. NBA championship level team if they just make the right trade. But is it going to turn into a Chris Paul problem, right? Because I feel like he's like almost 50 years old at this point. <laughs> like, he, like, he doesn't have a long time. If they don't figure it out True. soon, he's going to be out of the league. <laughs> yeah, I think for some reason he's, in my opinion, the same player as he was last year. They were just winning and they were like, this guy should be an all-star. He's averaging eight points a game. But yeah, he's an all star. Yeah. They have number one team <laughs> right. in the West. Yeah, Chris Paul's the best point guard in the league. Like he's the same guy to me. I I don't see any drop off. They're just not winning as much. Um, yeah, but it's impressive to see him still at the same level. But I feel like it's a great point where he's 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 eventually gonna fall off the hill, but he is fighting valiantly to stay on the hill. So yeah, um, <laughs> it's fun to see. <laughs> all right, you ready to transition to the next team? Let's go. All right, the next team is a team that has been so uh, health concerns and all these up teams. I have the Clippers here. I have the Clippers here at nine. Um, I feel like I have seen Paul, George, and Kawhi play a few games so far, and Kawhi looks slow. (laughs) He looks unathletic. He looks not like the Kawhi we're used to seeing, which is an issue. Yeah, but we got 40 more games. Hopefully, we see see a better version, but... Even if you took Kawhi Leonard off this team and you just had Paul George, who looks like the same old Paul George that we're used to seeing right now, in my opinion, you still have a great... They have one of the best rosters in the NBA, top three, especially in depth. They might have the deepest roster in the NBA, where even if it's just Paul George, this team can be the ninth best team in the NBA because of just so much depth. They got... Yeah. Uh, Percy Jackson, Paris Jackson... I forget blinking on the name. One of those P. Jacksons. They got John Wall, they got Batoon, they got Kennard, they got Vucevic, they got one of the Morris twins, they got Terrence Reggie Mann. Jackson is what you mean. Reggie Jackson, yeah, you're right. And they got, like, so many guys. They got Robert Covington, Norman Powell. Like, it's just so deep over there that they have such a good winning formula because their guys can play defense and can shoot threes. And, you know, it's just this team can become something. I feel like they can challenge for the second best team in the West or maybe push the Golden State Warriors if Kawhi looks like Kawhi again. And they figure out John Wall is a point guard should be the point guard there because they need his passing. Tyron Lewis still hasn't figured out that equation yet. Um, but I, they can be more. I'm glad to see Paul George looking healthy, but it's an interesting team. So what do you think about the Clippers? Too high or uh, something else? Um, I can I can see it there. I can see it there. Okay. I'm not going to disagree too much because I, I do like your list so far. Um, one thing I will say is that, I mean... Can we go back in time, right? And tell everybody, like, mm-hmm. hey, listen, don't get too high on this Clippers team, or don't get too high on the Kawhi train just because he won a ring yeah. from a hobbled Golden State Warriors. Like, travel back in time and just tell them that, and everybody, like, not listen to us because, oops, I'm sorry, did that, that might have happened. Um, because it's, it, <laughs> How do you, I mean, like, how are you going to be a great player if you don't play the game of basketball? I mean, like, you sitting on the bench, you're going to get rusty. Your knee's not going to work as well anymore. You know what I mean? Like, he had a pretty decent game. But, like, we're not going to, if you're not playing the game, studying the game, or even practicing the game, you're not going to get better at the game. If you're sitting in street clothes, the real street clothes is Kawhi Leonard. If you're sitting in street clothes <laughs> for... 50 of the 82 games, how are we going to be great? (laughs) 
how are you going to be great? I mean, like, I, I, listen, Lakers still run staple slash crypto slash whatever you want to call it. <laughs> That's still their arena. Yeah. Clippers are still in the basement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Paul George is the shining light. Woo. But other than that, <laughs> the team is okay. And then, like, you throw Kawhi Leonard out there, and he's like, I don't think it's that anymore. So I think window closed. I think that they're, they might have to blow it up soon. I feel like they have all the right role-playing pieces. True. I feel that if they can't get Kawhi to remain on the floor, mm-hmm. then they're going to have a bigger problem. They've been appeasing him too much and giving him too much time off. I understand, like, the couple rest games in between, but, bro, <laughs> for real, be honest. Why haven't you been playing the game of basketball? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you watched him play this year? Doesn't he look so slow? I'm like, yes. man. <laughs> he aged a lot. Maybe he the just injuries. had that one injury and he was like, damn, I'm so slow. And then he's like training so hard to get back each time. I'm like, I don't know. He looks slow. It's it's bad. I'm like, oh. I don't know. I don't know what to going. I don't know what to call it anymore. I think I think that the injuries have. I'm not gonna really just like okay dump on him. I think the injuries really had an effect on him. I mean, yeah. that's what happens when you play a game. You play 82 games, and you get hurt. I mean, yeah. then you're out for you're out for a year, and then you you know you like these injuries are being mishandled, and you go from this team to that team. I mean, I, it's sad to say, but I think that it's over. I think that's yeah. pretty much over for the Clippers, unless they can get Kawhi to be consistent. Yeah. I, I agree. Well, consistently on the basketball court. Yeah. Consistently I, I, on the basketball court. I agree with you, Chris. I feel like that's a good point. And yeah. if Kawhi doesn't ever get better and look better, stop forcing the ball through him. And, re- like, how many games until you have to say, okay, Paul George is our number one option? Because right now, when you're watching play, it's very clear that they're still deferring to Kawhi, even though he doesn't look like the best player in the Clippers right now. It's Paul George. Yeah. Now, if he he still doesn't look like the same guy 65 games in, it's time to pull the plug and give Paul George that those keys to the offense yeah. number one option. Uh, so, it's interesting. I feel they don't want to do that. No. I feel like the Clippers, no. are, the Clippers organization don't want to do that because they went all in on yeah. Kawhi and Paul George and like, yeah, this tandem is going to do it for us. And, and it busted. I feel like it, yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it really I did. Agree. Damn, it All seems right. like there should have been a podcast out there who should have told us that this was going to happen, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not like the Basketball Addicts podcast would have told you that. Yeah, hey. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, who knew, right? Yeah. Who, mm-hmm. who knew that that was going to happen? Well, we did. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> All right, all right. The uh, last team is somebody Chris loves with all his heart. Number ten team in his power rankings: the Denver Nuggets. Uh, yes, me, the, the Denver Nuggets. I mean, Jokic is MVP. I don't know MVP. There's so many great MVP options. It's going to be one of the hardest MVPs ever. He's number one. Uh, He's leading again. I don't know how that's possible, but okay. Uh, I would have Luca one, Giannis two, but it's Luca's cool. like four, I think, yeah, four or eight. Yeah. Okay. But uh, you know, Jokic is amazing. He's he's the best center in the NBA. Um, great offensive, just nucleus. He makes this team great. Bones Highland has improved, and was really glad to see him get better because I was a huge proponent of him coming out of the draft. Definitely could yeah. take pride in getting that one right. They have a lot of worries for me. Can Caldwell Pope's an overrated defender, and you know Aaron Gordon's not as good as defender as they think, and Michael Porter Jr. still doesn't really look like you know what everybody wants him to be. There's just a lot of question marks, and it just seems like Jokic is just carrying because he's great. And sadly, so far, Jamal Murray has also looked like he's taking his time to get getting back. I don't feel like we've seen. You know, prime Jamal Murray yet it still seems like he doesn't have the same burst to attack the rim like he used to. Hopefully, as he plays more games, it changes. I'm not wishing the worst for him, but, uh, you know, without Jamal Murray being what he used to be, this team does have a lower ceiling than what they usually have. And, uh, you know, they're just offensively focused, don't really bring it defensively. And, you know, it's, it's tough. They're in a tough spot right now. So, you know, Denver Nuggets... Number 10, they're going to probably have a 4-3-5 seed in the West and be a good team, but they have real limitations. So what do you think about the Nuggets? 
Mm. I like the Nuggets a lot. So I, I just um, bias aside, I think that you know t- this on power ranking so far. I think ten is a good spot for them um, mm. because they're not really showing what they normally show during the season as of right now. And we are, and I'm not going to really put them up high. Because I don't see them, I see they're going to get into the playoffs, but I don't think that this is going to be their year to really run through it. I think that mm-hmm. probably given a consistent year of Jamal Murray, getting back his, getting his feet back, getting his legs back, you know what I mean? Getting used to being on the basketball court again because he's been out for about a year or more. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's, it's, I think that probably next year we'll really start to see that Jamal Murray come back, hopefully. Um, and, and, you know, Coach Jokic is going to be Jokic, so we don't really have to worry too much about that. Um, I do really like Nashawn Bo- Nashawn Bones Highland. Um, I just think that their glaring weakness. I think that they just might need another coach. Yeah, I think maybe coach and like the GM has really gone downhill for me in my opinion. Like these trades that he's been making lately is really off, and you know it's just. They had talent, but they just never seemed to be able to develop guys like Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull. And uh, I honestly think that they should throw three guys in the hat. Say Bones Highland, Jamal Morley, and Nikola Jokic are three players that I could see playing an NBA championship game. Everybody else, really, could you really play Michael Porter Jr. at small forward against NBA championship small forwards? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown would run circles around him. Okay, I like that Aaron Gordon, though. Yeah, Aaron Gordon's a nice role player, but he's not anything more than like a lob threat rebounder and a pretty average defender and maybe a guy that could shoot an open three. But you can get that in like a Jay Crowder. Quite well, though. True. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, his role is not really, he's not like posting like he used to in old Randall and stuff mm-hmm. like that, being the mid post. Uh, and, you know, K- KCP is just not really super special. So I feel like they really need to explode everything and just take a new look of, okay, let's just build from the ground up with a few core pieces that we believe in and get real new ideas of how we want to build this team. And I think it, that could, it could work. Uh, but, you know, right now it's just, it's tough. It's tough, tough sledding. But I do think you have a good point, though. If Jamal Murray next year is, looks like the same Jamal Murray and Deshaun Bones Highland gets better, that's a heck of a point guard and six-man combination of buckets. Like, those two together yeah. could combine for, like, 50 a night or, like, 40 a night from the t- those two guards. So, you know, that would be great for Jokic and then you could put defenders around them. And that has potential, but I think Michael Porter Jr. has got to go. I-, I don't think he fits on the team. So uh, I hate to say it, but I-, I hate to say it, but that's actually true. I can see them trading Michael Porter Jr. I would trade Michael Porter Jr. last... I would have traded him last year, honestly. Before yeah. he snuck up the place more, I would have just yeah. traded him last year. Because after I noticed that, hey, he's just not looking like the player I want him to look like. And I was saying this mm-hmm. last year. I was like, he's just not taking the leap that I want him to take. As yeah. soon as I would have eyeballed that, I would have been like, you're out of here, dude. You're gone. Like, I would have had to. Before he messed up his, you know, up his, uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. what, what, uh, the player that he is now. You know, his trade value more. Yeah. You know, because he he was already playing, he wasn't playing as great. He was seeing little things, and then I, I honestly wait. I'm sorry. I'm saying take it a step forward. After Jamal Murray went down, and they were in the playoffs, and you was like, "This is Michael Porter Jr.'s time to shine." I did say that. Yep. <laughs> I, I was wrong. I was like, "This is his time to shine," and we were both wrong. I'm, it yep. doesn't happen often, but we're human. <laughs> <laughs> we were both wrong. We was like, yep. "This is Michael Porter Jr.'s time to shine," and then mm-hmm. we did not see anything at that point i looked at that team very differently yeah at that point i was like this is not the team i thought it was <laughs> nope so i was like they got all these pieces look at this guy over here he's like mm-hmm. six seven can shoot the ball handle great we got nicola yeah. Yo- nicola Yo- Jokic. we got jamal murray we got all these nice pieces and then michael porter jr just never panned out not yep. saying that he's a bust, right? Because we're not going to do that because there's a lot of players who we write off early and then they go to mm. different teams and they get in a better situation and become better players. Maybe it's a situation thing. I don't know. I think that you, ha- you I think that for, for Marco Porter Jr., maybe like 
however they might want to put him in there. I think mean, I think he was starting. I think he is starting. I think yeah. that this was the best situation for him in a way. But maybe there's something out there better. I don't know. You you have one of the best passing big men or the best passing big men in the league next yeah. to possibly one of the best point guards in the West. You know, scoring point guards in the West who can really put put a team on his back <laughs> like yeah. legit. And then all you have to do is just score. That's all. We just score. Yeah. And I don't see a better a better system anywhere else. But no. I could be wrong. I feel that I'm not gonna write him off because I'm I'm I hate when people write write players off like oh yeah he's a bust he's not gonna be great. But right now I don't see it. But I feel like maybe with a good trade maybe he comes the number one option. And he's like turns into Jordan. Who knows? I don't mm-hmm. know. Dumb. <laughs> but. I'm just saying, Michael Porter Jr. needs to be gone. I totally agree with that, and hopefully, I would. I mean, and when he does, and when he is traded, or when he's you know in free agency and he signs somewhere, I just wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. Yeah, I agree, Chris. I completely agree. <clears throat> All righty. Well, that is the episode. That was a very exciting episode. I hope you enjoyed yes. our top ten list. Maybe you can even send us some of your top ten list. And mm-hmm. also, if you disagree, I love to argue. Argue <laughs> with me, sir, <laughs> and or ma'am. I'm sorry. I know there's, you know. Hey, listen. Mm-hmm. We don't discriminate. Anyway, argue with us. We love to hear that. We love the back and forth. If you don't like this, some of this stuff is going to go on TikTok. I'm pretty sure you're going to see some on YouTube. Yeah. We love the, you know, engagement that you're giving us. Keep watching. Keep liking. Keep subscribing. You know what I mean. Get our views up. Share with your friends. Share with your mom. Share with your dad. Share with mm-hmm. your cousin. Share with the guy that walking his walk dog down the street. Share with your mailman, the postman, the milkman, whatever you want to do. Go to your grocery store and play our stuff out loud. Just let everybody know that we have a podcast and we enjoy it. Yeah, and 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 really big news. There is a website in the works that we will eventually have we will eventually have our own website we're really working on it right now probably by next week if i had to say by next week you guys will be able to look up the basketball addicts get to know us a little better we're also going to have merchandise on the store some of the stuff's really cool we got a jersey that got customized that looks so cool with like our colors and you know a lot of cool stuff over there so that's going to be really awesome and it's going to have links to all our socials if you guys want to see what we're posting on youtube reels We've been posting a lot on YouTube Reels, on TikTok, on Instagram. You know, we're going to have links to all of that stuff, so it's going to be really big. So that's something that's also coming. All righty, man. So like I said again, hope you guys enjoyed. We enjoyed yep. making this content for you. Basketball is yeah. our favorite sport. We love the way they dribble up and down the court. I'm kidding. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That was cool. That's cool. It's from like, I think it's like this. That's, that's, you ever seen Mike Mike, right? It's from, it's from Mike, Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're right. Mike Mike. So, love the way they dribble yeah, so, up the court. I just had to squeeze that in there. So anyway, yeah. um, once again, you know. Hopefully, Darren feels better next week. Yes. We'll all three be back here again. So, I am Chris Muhammad. I'm Jason Collins. And we are the Basketball Addicts. Peace. Out. Peace.